Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the Christian's mandate. Christians are under direct orders from the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim Him. That is who He is, His identity, and what He accomplished. That is, we must rehearse the events of His life with a special focus on the closing events of his suffering, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. In so doing, this is how the gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed and the kingdom of God is extended throughout the earth and the church of Jesus Christ is built up. It's formed and built up. So the kingdom and the church, though they're not exactly the same thing, are together, and they are under the direct mandate of Jesus Christ, who is the King of the kingdom of God, and who is also the head of the church, his body, which he purchased with his own blood on the cross. Now, we are usually familiar with what's known as the Great Commission recorded for us in Matthew 28, where Jesus said, go therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. But we may not be as familiar with the other times he also gave this direct mandate to the disciples. But he began on the day of resurrection, and he ends on just the eve of his ascension into heaven. So there's a 40-day period from the point when Jesus is raised from the dead till he is lifted up in the gaze, in the front of the gazing of his 11 disciples and is received back into heaven. So let's look at these incidences where Christ gives the direct mandate. Now, I won't be able to cover all of them in this broadcast, but let's begin with the day of resurrection. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ was very busy on the day of resurrection, manifesting the reality of his resurrection to his disciples, first to the women, who had come adoringly to anoint his body for the burial, but instead they meet an empty tomb and angels that inform them that Jesus is raised from the dead. Mary Magdalene is the first who meets the Lord in the garden. But he doesn't give the mandate directly to them, but he does tell them to tell his disciples that he is raised from the dead. And that later they will meet him in Galilee. They do meet him on that day, but he's also preparing them for the future event that's recorded for us in Matthew's account. But here, on the day of his resurrection, let's say around noon, Jesus joins two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And as they're discussing the events that happened with Christ, Jesus himself, unrecognized by them, because God has prevented them from seeing who he is, explains to them from the Psalms and the prophets about himself and from the law and how that Jesus, that the Messiah that is, must die in fulfillment of scripture, be buried and raised from the dead. And then he sat at table with them and when he started to pray, they recognized him and he instantly went away. So they run back to Jerusalem together with the disciples when they found them in the room where they were locked behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. Now, both John 
in John 20, and Luke in Luke 24 record this incident to us, but they give some uh, complementary information. One, John focuses on the event itself, and Luke focuses on the conversation that Jesus had with him. So let's look at John and Luke together. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the day of his resurrection, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. He didn't come knocking on the door. He just appeared in front of them. And he said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. That's the mandate. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, between the time he says, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you, and the time when he breathed upon them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, the following probably occurred. Because Jesus explains to them what he means and what the mandate is. Luke 24, 44 says, Jesus said to them when he suddenly appeared in the room, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now that's what he had done with his two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And now he's repeating it again to the 10 that are gathered there. You see, Thomas was absent. And he says to them, thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And then, perhaps this is when Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, how does all this fit together? Notice the mandate, the authority. Jesus came, the Word, came from heaven and was incarnate. This is the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. He came on the authority of the Father to accomplish the task of the redemption of people. And these people will constitute his assembly and they are the ones who are the agents and the inhabitants of the present reality of the kingdom of God. Now, these disciples, now notably at the beginning here, these appointed apostles are witnesses, or eyewitnesses to Christ, to what he taught, to what he did, to what he accomplished. They are mandated now as his witnesses to share this message under his authority. Even so, I am sending you as the king of the kingdom of God 
as the head of his assembly, Christ is telling them, you are to spread the message of me. And this is how my church will be formed and built up and how the kingdom of God is spread throughout the earth. Now, what is the result of this proclamation of the gospel? The result of this good news about the kingdom of God is that people can be transferred from the kingdom of darkness, from the domain of Satan, from the destruction of sin and the depravity that sin and the corrupted nature of man, they can be delivered from that kingdom into the kingdom of God. They can be done, they can experience this because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of their sins. So when Christ is proclaimed and people repent and believe, then they are transferred from one kingdom to another. The Holy Spirit comes to inhabit them, bringing to them all the benefits of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what constitutes the message that they are to proclaim? Well, what constitutes the message is the teachings of Jesus and the events of Jesus' ministry with a focus on the closing events, his suffering, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension into heaven. They are to do that by going back to the early scriptures, that is, the first testament consisting of the, the law of Moses, the Torah, and the prophets and the Psalms, using the writings of the early scriptures, this was the this Bible that Jesus used and the Bible of the early church. They are to proclaim Christ using these scriptures, showing that Jesus fulfills all of the promises, all of the prophecies concerning the Messiah. And Jesus opened up their understanding to himself in these scriptures, and now they are to proclaim him to the nations. He begins this commission on the day of his resurrection. And notice he says, you will proclaim my name beginning from Jerusalem. Now Matthew will pick up on this in Matthew 28. And Mark will also pick up on it by saying they are to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation throughout everywhere in the world. And how do they do this? How are they to proclaim this message? They must do so in the power of of the Holy Spirit. Christians are not left on their own in the proclamation of the gospel. Jesus promises to give them the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit accompanies them and accompanies their words as they proclaim Christ. Now this is just the beginning. On the day of resurrection, Jesus gives a direct mandate to his disciples, that they are to share the message of him, of himself, what he did for the salvation of people under the authority of God the Father. For God so loved the world, they gave his only begotten Son that whoever would leave in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Through the proclamation of the message, men and women would have their sins forgiven. That is the mandate that we operate under. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.